0: You are listening to the Balancing Act podcast with Danny Euro. I'm a licensed mental health counselor based out of Miami, Florida. I use the ideas and principles of acceptance and commitment therapy to help individuals who find themselves struggling in various areas of their lives. A Tale of Two Creatives Hey there, this is Danny, and this is the Balancing Act podcast. Thank you so much for investing your precious time with us. I know very well that time is an unrenewable resource, which is why I'm grateful you would devote your time with us here. If this is your first time listening in, I want to extend a special welcome to you. If you're a return listener, thank you so much for returning. Please continue sharing with friends, family, and colleagues. We know sharing is caring. We greatly appreciate it. And who are we? Well, like I said, I am Danny, and sitting across from me is Julio, the producer and wizard that makes all this technical magic happen. Quick disclaimer, we're recording this episode from my office, which is located off of Main Street in South Miami. So if you may hear some honking horns, you may hear some distant chatter. As good as Julio is, he isn't able to produce a show and direct traffic at the same time, so, you know, we are trying our very best. You can follow us on Instagram at TheBalancingActMiami. You can also email us at TheBalancingActPodcast at gmail.com. Either place is a good place for you to share ideas, questions, and and or suggestions. We always get great feedback from listeners, and we take it to heart as we continue to try to improve this project. Last episode, we spoke about the challenges of guiding someone somewhere and the difficulties we encounter as guides when obstacles and detours present themselves. So the majority of the episodes, Julio and I have made efforts to educate listeners on the acceptance and commitment therapy model and how it applies to everyday life. We did a movie review episode a couple months back to use examples in popular films to illustrate the ACT model. Those episodes are called ACT in Films. Today's episode is a different kind of episode, where I'd like to have conversations with professionals to see if their their elements of act is in their work. Most of us spend 40 hours or more a week. Uh, I suspect one or both of the individuals I'm interviewing today have spent 40 hours in a weekend um, doing their work. and I think it's super important to be psychologically flexible at work as much as being psychologically flexible at home. Today's episode will be a conversation about creativity with two creative directors from the world of advertising. This is ACT Professional, a tale of two creatives. The Workers Today I will be speaking with probably two of the most creative people I know, and they happen to be married. Uh, The Wonder Twin Powers. I might be the only old person in this room that actually watched that cartoon. Uh, In the blue corner, we have Gabriel Ferrer, who is an award-winning creative director raised on croquetas and chicken nuggets like a true Cuban-American. But you look at him and he looks like you eat salads and you jog daily, which isn't fair. <laughs> uh, he's worked in advertising for about 10 years, developing creative campaigns for brands like JetBlue, McDonald's, State Farm, Netflix, and his proactive charity initiative, Help Kenya, Not Kanye, has raised over $10,000 in donations in less than a month. He's won every major advertising awards, including Cannes, Lions, and Effies, taught at Miami Ad School, spoken at South by Southwest and Google, rapped at a wedding in Lebanon. I wonder if you can redo the rap. But uh, <laughs> uh, Rapped at a wedding in Lebanon, and was named one of Ad Week's top 100 creatives in 2018, along names like Spike Jones and Cardi B. Spike Jones, he he's a the bunch of music videos, right? Um, Okay, well, maybe we'll talk about that. I love, I love his stuff. Um, when he's not advertising, he enjoys, not Spike Jones, but Gabriel. When he's not advertising, <laughs> he enjoys making music and his band Mango Galaxy and traveling the world with his wife. In the red corner we have Ellie Ferrer, who in an industry trailblazer and award winning creative director with a decade of experience. She brings her Argentinian sense of humor to her work for brands like Tim Hortons, Google, Let Go, Zappos, and most recently, a Veterans Day film that reminded America that the holiday is more than a seventy percent off television sale. Side note, I saw that video and was pretty cool. I didn't know you were a part of it until after the fact, which is a really cool experience for me. Uh, She's been a key figure in revitalizing creative departments at at, um, all of our agencies, at Mullen uh, in Boston, CPB in Miami, and now the hottest shop in the industry, Gut, where she was the first hire. Her work has been featured in everything from Fast Company to Funny or Die. She's a film buff with a passion for a big family and discovering new recipes that hopefully can't get set off the fire alarm. That's funny. Um, I can personally attest to the homemade pizzas and empanadas. <laughs> and together, not bad. They are not bad. <laughs> they are pretty good. Uh, and together they throw pretty amazing finales parties. I remember Dexter was 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 a hit, and unfortunately,
1: unfortunately I, the finale wasn't a hit.
0: Right? Yeah. The, I think the finale party was more of a hit than the finale, right? And then I you did Breaking Bad too. But I was mm-hmm. out of town for that, so I, I I only got to enjoy your Breaking Bad finale through social media. And over chicken wings, we've plotted and schemed this, so I'm I'm glad we finally got this going. And warning, um, I did binge on Mad Men to prepare for this episode, so I may be asking Mad Men oriented questions. So let's go. So welcome, finally Thank uh, you. enough of me Thank you battling. For having us.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here.
0: Cool. Um, we now that the introductions are done. The work. So, and one more disclaimer: if you between Julio, Ellie, and Gabe, there's about 35-40 f- years of like friendship. If you added everything to right, That's at least And our how long I've known each one of you. So, I'm gonna try really hard to stay away from inside jokes. <laughs> so, um <laughs> So I guess to get the to get the conversation going, let's get a little bit more of an understanding because maybe not people, there's probably people out there that don't really know what a creative director is. So what exactly is a creative director? What does that look like? What does that entail?
1: What is a creative director? Um, it sounds really pompous, <laughs> um, but our our job is pretty straightforward, pretty fun. Um, We're in charge of coming up with creative campaigns for brands um, and we usually manage teams. Um, So in advertising, the way you start is as a copywriter or an art director. Um, So you're working in your respective discipline. If you're a writer, then you're writing scripts, you're writing the copy on a website or something like that. Uh, The art directors are doing all the visuals. And then as you are climbing up the ranks, then eventually you become a creative director and you have to know how to do both, give feedback on both, and then, you know, you basically have teams of copywriters and art directors underneath you helping you come up with the campaigns and you give them advice uh, on how
0: to do that. So they're like think tanks. You're basically directing these, like, creative think tanks? Totally,
1: yeah.
2: Totally.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're sitting around brainstorming most of the week which is like 10 minutes of work and 50 minutes of like what did you watch yesterday on netflix because let's kill this awkward dead space but that gets the gears rolling and eventually ideas come out
2: yeah and depending on the size of the agency i'm an associate creative director but depending on the size of the agency you know the bigger the agency probably the more of an overseer that you do have whereas if you're in a small agency like i am you do a lot of like the legwork the everyday legwork as well as overseeing teams
0: where are you positioned are you the the pressure point between the client and the team so like if the like we mentioned JetBlue is one of the uh, clients we we're talking about. So if JetBlue comes to you with an idea or looking for the idea, are you the one that's fielding the the need from JetBlue? No, that's someone else
1: so. I think that's the Thank
2: God no. Yeah, thank God
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Jeff Lou, you're so, just an example. <laughs> so we just do the
1: work. We're the creative director, the account director is the one that does kind of like the they're the liaison between the client and us as the agency. So they have the day to day contact. They're the ones that receive the briefs from the brand, the you know, we need to meet X business objective this quarter and you know, these are the things that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, That piece of information gets passed on to a strategist or a planner when they try to uh, reward it in a way that's inspiring for us as creatives, because the client is, you know, very straightforward in how they ask for something. So we need to be kind of babied a little bit and get get that inspiration going from the planner. And hopefully they try to find some sort of insight um, that makes our job a little easier when we come up with creatives
0: um, with creative ideas, speaking of creative ideas, this might be a loaded question, but to you, what is creativity? like what does that? How would you how would you write copyright if you're advertising no creativity? Pressure,
2: Danny. <laughs> that's like a loaded question i I guess from my end, I would define it as having some form of original thought um that can't be ignored. so when you see something you know that's creative it naturally elicits like some kind of response from you, right? It makes you laugh, it makes you cry, it makes you angry, or it might make you share it on Facebook, right? Because it made you feel something. So I think in a nutshell, that's a long explanation, but in my opinion, that's creativity. Some form of original thought manifested in whatever way.
0: It's cool because I didn't think about it that way, where not only are you creating... An idea, but you're creating a feeling on the other end of the idea, too, right? Like someone's gonna have, you're creating a response. Yes. The hope is it's the response you targeted, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways to interpret it, too. I mean, even originality is relative, you know, because so much of what we do is derivative and like spinning things and like getting two things and bringing them together, and that makes it original. Um, but for me, I guess creativity is just problem solving, you know,
2: um,
1: all our creative ideas start with a problem from the client and however we come up with that solution is our form of being creative. Um, and then there's ranges to that. I think within our industry, we have this phrase, it's like, oh, that's really creative, which is like a synonym for it's really clever, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think um, you can be creative and not clever. You know what I mean? As long as you're you're coming up with a solution to a problem, and every time that I have an opportunity to do that, I feel like I'm being creative. Um, we at the agency we have a creative department, and that's what we're part of. But everybody at the agency, to some degree, is creative. Yeah. Because they are engaging in that problem solving this is a podcast like you're being creative you're producing original content so if you are a chef and you're mixing ingredients that to create a new recipe that you haven't tried before you're being creative so anybody that's solving a problem or kind of remixing something that's creativity
0: yeah i totally relate to that even in doing therapy i have to find creative ways to get people to find like I can see what they're not seeing. So how do I get them to see it? Yeah. So you have to problem solve it. So I like that. That's a good way Man, to And you got to think to
1: on the fly all the time, even though, yeah. you know, you got your kind of pillars and your six, uh, you know, uh, the act, oh, the of formula, the six processes. Yeah, right, right. uh, but, right. you know, getting people there and, you know, yeah. connecting it back to the stories they're telling you, like that's right. definitely creative.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, and the problem solving definitely because you might have the you know quote unquote clever idea the creative idea and then it goes to the some other aspect of where you work and they say that's over budget and then now you gotta problem solve that <laughs> right? Yeah. So, right so so the yeah. problem solving is old it's not only the idea that's on the the little drawn on the board oh, yeah. it's there's all so this many stuff, layers right? right
2: before it gets out into the world it's terrifying at times
0: and i
1: i think that 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 you're saying that oh i know you're just saying it as an example but like oh if it's over budget that's we hear
2: that's that the every majority day. of yeah
1: not just the over budget but like the butts hmm. yeah that's cool but you know that is like right we spend our whole week coming up with something getting like this sign off from everybody at the office and then we take it to the client and then it's like cool but and yeah. that but is like a long list of stuff that you as a person has to be okay with adjusting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and being being okay with that is like 90% of the
0: job. And um, in therapy, we, we always, you know, we warn clients, but deletes everything that you heard in front, yes. use the word and, right? Yes. But your clients will use the word but instead, right? Um, and so that, that's, a, that's something I'm curious about. So a scenario, I'm sure this has happened to you maybe a couple times this week. You pitch an idea that you love, yep. right? And then for the moment, they love it. That was on Monday. And then Tuesday, suddenly they fall out of love with it and they tell you we want a new idea. That happens. Every week, every week. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, how do you deal with? How, how do you let go of the idea? Like, how do you leave it alone? I mean, I say this because, again, I mentioned Mad Men. There's, there's an. I'm not, you know, expecting people to know the actual episode, but there's one episode where. Uh, one of the characters jokes that oh you finally got that idea you've been working on that idea for 10 years you finally got it in a commercial so apparently he one of the characters had had this creative idea that he finally conned someone into using right
2: I have a lot of those (laughs) this one stupid idea that I haven't been able to sell to any client but we try and yeah it's been presented many times but hasn't worked so that happens a lot but yeah you're back to your question right like
0: Yeah. My question was if you pitch an idea Monday that you love and then the client loves it, but then you get an email 6 a.m. Tuesday saying, oh, we decided we don't like the idea. We want to go in a different direction. Take us there. I'm very curious. How do you have the ability to detach yourself from the thing that you that you love, that they loved? And then now it's like I have to top shelf it or back shelf it or whatever. How does that work?
2: it happens all the time and I think the longer you're in the business the more it's easier to let go you know you're just like creativity is not a finite resource and I think I will come up with another idea tomorrow I know I can so I'm not gonna try to hold on to this idea but I think what's worse is when you actually get an idea sold which just happened to us actually shoot it Spent three days and no sleep shooting it and it's amazing and then it doesn't get put out into the world so i think that's even harder than it not making it in the initial stages
1: i think for me it's you know in terms of accepting the change that's coming or the request um, i separate myself from the idea so I'm, um, if they don't like my idea it doesn't mean they don't like me you know, I like at, at a certain and that takes a long time to get yeah. used to because when you're starting out, you're so invested and you're like, this is what I'm presenting. You think about it day and night, and then they go, I hate it, and then you want to react by getting really depressed and saying, Wow, they hate me. They hate. I don't, I don't have any good ideas. It's really overwhelming. But then at a certain point. Uh, it's what Ellie said you you have the self-confidence to know that you're going to come up with something else that's something better uh, They presented you with a new challenge and you got to rise up to that occasion and and not beat yourself up about it
0: Yeah, there's a few things I hear right so like you even said the word acceptance right and also in this separation, which you know uh, we've, a couple, of, you know, there's been a couple episodes we've talked about diffusion to be able to detach yourself from the thinking, right? Um, even, and even something that Ellie said about you kind of have to keep going, this committed action. So we're already seeing these act concepts at play, right? Um, your creativity, in, in a way, is a value system. You know, is that is that what draws you to the work? Is the creativity? What would you say is the thing that brought you to this and keeps you like going?
1: I love when people love it. You know, it's like a space level that's so rewarding to me to put to to make something that people like or that affects them somehow and makes them cry or laugh. That's for me the ultimate reward. And I think that's what makes it difficult when we can't do it because people don't get to see it. Only people internally are like it was a great idea, but it never sees the light of day. So that's really what we're chasing as creatives is other people acknowledging that it's a great thing and seeing how it affects them. You know?
0: to impact, yeah. right? To and to to move someone, right? Totally, which goes with what you're saying about that rejection sometimes you you know that trap that we kind of internalize it you know um that's a lesson i learned early on in, in therapy is sometimes the cases don't go the way you want them to and then you start to personalize like what did i do wrong should i've done a different a different intervention and even with some clients um They internalize um, their failures as a a reflection of their character rather than it was just a behavior that was a failure, which breeds shame. And then so it's really important to be able to to be in the I am and not to get too caught up with I am failing this client or I am not good with these ideas or I am not creative or I suck or whatever it is. Right. So there's a resiliency that you kind of need. Right. Like.
1: Which really only comes with a series of successes. So we've been doing it long enough that we know that we've proven ourselves. So I don't doubt myself in that way anymore. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm struggling with this brief, but that doesn't mean that I'm not qualified.
0: You know, so I, I think the experience helps. The, the experience of knowing that that it'll, it'll the process will more likely than not bear fruit. Right. Like to totally. have faith in it. Yeah. Totally. Right.
1: And we never know where it's going to come from. Like every yeah. time we get that like, new brief, we're yeah. like, it's like two days of, of what's happening. You know, like I. Utter I have, terror. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it always
1: figures itself out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, what inspired me to get into advertising, number one, it's fun and it's ridiculous at times i mean i was thinking of a shoot i did where we had a woman that she was supposed to be a vacuum machine and like something we had to decide on was how big was her sweater gonna get so she could accurately look like a Uh, vacuum machine and it was so ridiculous you know we get to like decide these things you know or we had a guy who was supposed to be a juicer right so we're like well what color is you know he's supposed to spit out and you're like you know working with the rig guy to get you know the hose so that he looks like he's an actual juicer and it's like how ridiculous that we get to get paid to make these kinds of decisions and have so much fun. You know, it almost doesn't feel like a job. Um, But on a more human level, at least for me, I feel like it's an amazing opportunity to be able to put some of your life philosophy into the world. You know, like the Veterans Day thing we just did. We basically took real veterans and um, we had them read real uh, sale ads. Right. Like, Macy's 50% off on Veterans Day you know and it was just sending out the message that you know it's ridiculous that holidays have just become you know this excuse to be commercial and be at the mall the whole time you know so it was just an amazing opportunity to be able to put your philosophy into the world and I think for me it's like having the opportunity to make these mini films right because that's kind of what we make when we make a commercial we make a 6 second film we make a 15 second film um, just putting your thoughts into the world is such a big privilege and opportunity. So I think that has a lot to do with why I got into it.
1: Yeah, and, and to build on that, I think that that um, particular example is... Is uh, very interesting because if you look at what we do, um, we generally also do the Macy's fifty percent off stuff, yeah. right? Like that's I worked that's on like, Best
2: Buy for a that's, long time. That's mostly <laughs> it's, that, I mean
1: it's it's capitalism cleaner. at its best, right? Yeah. It's like here's soap and you need this and you need this brand of soap and, and it's just totally you need yeah. it, right. it's totally hitting you over the head with things uh, to convince you to buy things that you probably don't need. But there's also a growing segment of our industry that's also deciding to do things like that more philosophical more uh about charities um because Taking we're in communication yeah, yeah we have a responsibility a like the nike ad with colin kaepernick you know about um you know siding with uh, racial injustice mm-hmm. um or you know affecting how the world thinks about climate change right yeah. so you know, obviously we're not going to fix it in our living room, but the fact that, that we can even come up with ideas that maybe could affect politicians mm-hmm. um, or some laws or things like that is a great privilege and a really good motivator to make us want to deal with all the bad parts of it and all the feedback and rejection. You know, there is a, a really valuable carrot at the end of the stick. You know, mm-hmm.
0: is, it, is it difficult, I'm, I'm assuming it's happened, where... You do have a particular client where it's against your value system. Has that happened where it's you really have to think outside of the box so that you don't feel like you're part of the problem? Um,
1: I wouldn't say me specifically. Um, I work on Tobacco Free Florida. That's one of my accounts. And I, that's something that I feel passionate about. We prevent um, teenagers from picking up the habit. But if it was the other way around, if I had to work pro-tobacco, I probably would be against that um i can think of um not myself but a pretty known creative director um back in the day he used to work for a fast food chain and at a cer- certain point he began to you know change the way that he would eat and he had children and how he was instructing his children to eat and then he was like you know what i don't want to work for this fast food chain anymore because that doesn't fit with my lifestyle
2: yeah yeah, I think for me, my two big no's are probably the anything with the armed forces. I feel like morally I can't send kids to war. I just can't do it. And tobacco, I think those are like my jewels. Anything that has to do with nobody uh, smoking. Yeah. Pharmaceutical would probably be tough for me.
0: I, I see Julio uh, was a little distracted. I guess there's a pop-up ad on your on your laptop.
1: Oh, we'll do that. We'll we'll pop up in uh, every
0: screen you have.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somehow they're implicated in this, right? Well, I mean, you know, Super Bowl. I mean, how many, half the people are watching the Super Bowl for the game, and the other half is watching them for the for the ads, right? So. Yeah. Um, That's the only time they do that. Right. <laughs> Every so. other
1: time they're <laughs> skipping it and wishing that we weren't around.
0: Right. Yeah. Especially with DVR, you just kind of oh, like yeah. skip ahead or whatever. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: so things have gotten so much more complicated. Um, you know, I think you mentioned Mad Men. During that era, it was like TV commercials, uh, radio commercials, and like magazine ads. And we know that people kind of avoid that now. So there's so much stuff on social media, there's like stunts, and like it's all about like, hitting you in unexpected places so that you won't skip the content, you know?
0: Yeah, and uh, and the the background technology of, like, uh, a friend of mine, I just got to save the date for their wedding, so I looked up on Priceline, like, the information, it's a destination wedding, and then... Maybe thirty minutes later, I'm on Instagram, and then the place, the the resort that I was looking at, shows up as if it's a part of my Instagram feed. It's, it's so it's crazy. legal stalking what we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so anyway. creepy. Yeah, it is a little bit creepy. Don't don't Google
1: anything unless you're gonna be okay with the retargeting ad. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. but then there's also clever ones. I think for the uh, for the movie Shazam. I'm not sure if you saw it, but, like, there was an Instagram feed where it looks like a regular, like, video from, like, like a preview of the film, but then he, like, breaks the third wall, or the fourth wall, I should say, and he starts pressing your, like, all the different, like, the heart. and you know, All yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Cool. So, yeah, I like So, some, I guess someone on a team that, a similar team as yours came up with that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so, good for them. Uh, what's your workplace look like?
1: Um, there's a lot of wacky stuff there with ping pong tables and foosball tables and regular tables. <laughs> um, posters everywhere. Lots of colors. It's like a mix of West Elm meets a uh, call center. I don't a know. Playground? You know. A playground. Yeah, that's better. Um, there's a lot of fun. It's actually... Why I got into it, you know, I saw how to lose a guy in 10 days uh, when I was in high school and Matthew McConaughey's character in the film, he just plays pool in his office and like has long lunches. And I was like, what is that job? I want that. And we do that a lot, but there's there's a lot of hard work to be done as well. So mm-hmm. um, maybe got into it for the wrong reasons, but now I totally love it. All right.
0: Um, well, there's, I'm sure that's the reason why I, I was curious about the workplace is that there's a method to the madness. That looseness that's there um, probably puts you in more of a mindset to, to I guess, pay attention to the idea if it were to come up, right? Instead of, like, being on the hot seat, yeah. I, is my guess. I'm just I'm assuming because I don't do it for a living. But.
1: Yeah, and the structure of the workplace is really... Independent, you know. So we'll get a brief and we'll have a deadline, and that makes it very real. Uh, but until that deadline, we have complete freedom to go about however we want to approach the project, which is nice. Um, we'll have internal check-ins uh, before that deadline to the client just to make sure we're tracking. But um, we can be in the office, we can leave the office, we can whatever happens. And and really, your brain never turns off. So when we're leaving the office, if I don't feel like I got the job done, I'll keep thinking about it while I'm home, you know, until you hit it.
2: I would say I have probably had zero ideas at my desk. (laughs) That's more where I'm like executing and like making a billboard, comping a TV script. Um, But for the most part, it never happens at my desk. What's
0: what's the weirdest place you got an idea?
2: Shower, so cliche, but shower, (laughs) right? I was
1: on a hop on hop off bus in Santa Monica
2: that's much cooler than mine gym I've gotten lots of ideas at the gym um
0: room not expecting it right like it's <laughs> showing expecting up it. not right. expecting
2: it because your subconscious is always working right. you know yeah. thinking about that yeah, next it, project
0: um there's research uh, uh incubation effect they yes. call it that is a part of your mind that's still problem solving and you actually solve problems better if you walk away from it yeah versus being on it non-stop yeah um and your workplace is it similar
2: my we are actually in a we work so we're a startup we're an office of 10 open space setting um we each have our own you know desk areas and it's a very beautiful space it used um, to
1: be a bank
2: it used to be an old bank yeah <laughs> so one of the concepting rooms is actually a vault huh. which is pretty awesome right. um, we have a dog now in the office um and my desk has a bunch of toys and lots of food uh stress eating and i have a little <laughs> tiny easel that has a little like little painting that says think bigger so i always keep that like right next to my monitor uh, to remind me
1: i have a ron swanson quote that says uh don't half-ass two things whole ass one thing Uh. and it's embroidered in grandma (laughs) embroidery ridiculous yeah yeah but i i really believe in that that you can't juggle too many things you got to focus on one thing and and then that's how you'll accomplish that brief
2: yeah
0: mindfulness being able to you know mindfulness is a sustained attention to a particular thing for a certain amount of time right and and when the ideas sneak up on you there's you kind of have to in a way pay attention Because
1: they'll leave.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) They will. (laughs) That's got to
0: be a nightmare.
1: I'll forget mid sentence sometimes. If you get a text message, like sometimes we go into a content room and I'm like, everybody leave your phone or your desk, please. Like, because that's just such an enemy of the creative process, these little interruptions. And you check your phone once and then it takes five to 10 minutes to gear back up. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, you really got to focus.
0: Uh, Ted Klontz, which uh, I did an episode a few episodes ago, the TED Talk episode. He's one of my uh, my one of my intellectual heroes. He talks to us before the workshops about how when you check your phone, when you put your phone away, it's about fifteen minutes of reintegrating yourself back into what, totally. Yeah, yeah, you might fool yourself into thinking I'm back, I'm back, but you're not really back. Right. Um uh, rituals. Do you guys have a ritual? How you lean into the thought process? Like, um, say, uh, say that car that just came by. <laughs> that engine company <laughs> wants you to to do a commercial, an ad campaign that their their new. I don't know. You're the you're the you're the Motorhead guy. So, Julio. New model. I don't know. Uh, the 7.2 Hemi. Whatever. There you go. How do you begin the process? What's is there do you have is there a method to the madness? So there's
1: two ways to go about it depending on what the product is. Sometimes the product has a really clear benefit and then that makes our job easy. Uh, you're like, "Okay, it has the best engine. Let's go. That's what we're going to focus on and then we just got to have to figure out how to say that creatively." The majority of products don't they're commodities that are very comparable to the other thing so you have to invent what that benefit is and sometimes it's not logical Uh, most of the times it's emotional Um, you will look cooler if you have it Um, people will respect you more you'll have more confidence whatever that is that we have to come up with that Um, so our process is depending on what it is Coming up with an insight that we feel is relatable to people, um, a truth, so that it's not just completely made up. And then from there, we can get ridiculous and dangle an owl from a, uh, <laughs> a taxidermy owl from a fishing wire to convince you to take a vacation on JetBlue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that reminds me there was another commercial about what was it, it was an Allstate commercial with a dollar the old man yeah, dola, oh, the the yeah, dollar and the fishing rod he <laughs> just reminded me of that one too yeah.
2: um i was gonna add that anytime you start a project you get brief, so you do get this document that tells you like about the brand like you know their values whatever but then you do your own search right so f- at least for me i'll go like wikipedia that's usually like first place you know like top overview of what this is about and then I like going into the Twitterverse I'm like what are people saying about Pantene or whatever I'm working on you know I want to see what and then I hit you know the Google News I'm like okay what's the latest thing that this brand has done or has it been in the news lately and like you know where are they standing in the uh web webiverse So that's kind of my process. And then I just start thinking and I don't filter myself. You know, before I meet with my partner, I like to, you know, do a little bit of thinking on my own and just let the thoughts flow. And then we meet together and we have our concepting session. But it's kind of a very loose and fluid process at the beginning.
1: It also depends uh, if the brand has a purpose. Uh, Sometimes they have their own value system that you have to adhere to. Um, that gives you these guidelines yeah so to go and use nike as an example again you know just do it is their mantra and they're all about motive motivating people to get into action and stop procrastinating so you know everything that you would think of for nike would be around that mm-hmm. um, but a lot of brands don't have that and that's That's fun for us because, of course, we want to come up with the next Just Do It, right? So they'll come to us for, for those answers.
2: Yeah. And sometimes you work on a great brand that's like a Procter & Gamble brand that's been around forever. And you can, like, actually talk to, like, a hair scientist. That's what I did for, like, Pantene. And you get, like, all this background information. But sometimes you work, you know, on on a client that has maybe no research and they can't give you a lot of like bounce off of. So you start thinking about the category. Right. So like we had this amazing idea for a hair product, just learning about hair. Like we found out that the men and women's DNA, when you look at a hair strand, is actually exactly the same. So we're like, that's incredible. And that's where the idea came from. So there's different ways to go about it.
0: That's interesting. And and so because an act right we talk about committing our actions toward a value system to go towards a direction and to be okay with it not being okay in particular situations here you have clients that have their value systems and yeah. they, so you're basically committing the actions of your craft towards their value system but sort of you got you know your values are important too right because if yes. not if the work isn't rewarding why do it right so yeah. that's a, there's a dance that happens between those two things I'm sure yeah.
1: and there's a creative value which is a separate thing mm-hmm. right? yeah. they have their value as a company and then we can come up with an idea that they don't like but I'm like no this is really great it's cool. creatively it's so yeah. cool and then they want to do something else so we can give them what they want and accomplish and meet their goals and reach their values but then if we don't think that's good for the agency as you know a good piece then that's where there's some disconnect there and we'll we'll meet in the middle somewhere you know
2: yeah how do
0: you take how do you take care of yourself like in terms of how do you keep your tools sharp because it sounds like there's a lot of wear and tear that's going to be happening here as the your wheels are constantly turning
2: yeah, I think starting the day with a clear mind is really important for me. So I try to work out first thing. You know, I we work really long days. I never know how long my day is going to be, which can be tough. But if I work out in the morning, I did something for myself and I cleared my mind and I'm ready to start the day. Um, yeah.
1: I think you really have to live life. You know, with so much of what we're doing is trying to convince someone to adopt something into their daily routine Um, so you have to go out and watch movies and go to concerts and like be around people who aren't like you and kind of really soak in um, everybody that exists and what the trends are so there's a couple websites that I always check out in the morning and then within the industry I think we have the added pressure of making sure that what we're coming up with isn't too similar to other campaigns that our peers have done um, because our clients have no idea about that. Like we could probably literally go pitch them this exact same Geico ad um, and they would buy it because they don't know. But you know we have this encyclopedia of of that and we put that additional pressure to make sure that our ideas are are creative for them and creatively satisfying for us, you know.
0: Yeah, um, sometimes you might have seen an ad somewhere from another agency and it kind of registers and then you get the idea and it goes, holy crap I thought that was my idea but they planted that seed those you know yeah we kill bastards. ideas like
1: that all the time yeah. even though we like them and it's tough but we're like yeah. oh it's just too
0: close to that other thing yeah bye mm-hmm. <laughs> farewell. farewell farewell idea rest in peace um is there uh, a horror story that you're allowed to share maybe in vague or
2: without mentioning a client <laughs> Um, I've had a client have a midlife crisis. Yeah, got divorced, got a tattoo, <laughs> stopped answering our emails, and basically um just let a project die, which was an amazing project that was already produced. Will never be on air. I mean, hopefully someday will, but that's happened. Um. I've had creative directors when I was more junior, and I would work on Best Buy. Those were overnight shoots that would start, you know, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Um, I've had them go to sleep, you know, so they just basically let you run the shoot when you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Bat- um,
0: baptism by fire. Baptism kind of
2: by fire. I've had drunk clients uh, mm. drinking and driving, doing donuts Ooh. in the parking lot. That's a nightmare. <laughs> oh
0: God.
2: That's a nightmare. Um, kicking the soccer ball and knocking down Christmas trees. I mean... Yeah,
0: and and in, is there a common theme to all of them on how you dealt with it?
2: I think I was pretty not faced. but
1: you just gotta laugh. That's it
2: because off. I'm right. Argentinian. We've seen it all, so I'm just yeah.
0: St- stick to the plan. just, yeah. just stay the yeah. course.
2: It's advertising. You're gonna see so many ridiculous things. I had a uh, client deal with so many Fall
0: asleep.
1: Intentionally at a shoot that we were on, and then he was he was bored, and he's like, "I'm gonna take a nap." I was like, "Okay," and Hmm. then he was like, "All right, I trust you guys." And then when we got to the editing and showed him the cuts, he's like, "Yeah, well, I don't like that." And I was like, "Yeah, but you were asleep this whole (laughs) you know while we were shooting it." Right. Um. And then what other horror story? I mean, this is. I think ad agencies are just like a condensed version of the real world right you know and right. there are bullies in ad agencies and we used to work for one and um, we would be working till four in the morning and he would come in and and just say uh, nothing he mm-hmm. would walk in and pull all the work off the walls and say we're not there yet start over with the yeah. meeting the next day you know and you just gotta learn to deal with different mm-hmm. kinds of people and not take it personal um, yeah
0: that's come up a few times right don't take it personal
2: yeah Um,
0: yeah and so that and i guess in a way that's the flexibility that we're kind of that psychological flexibility of letting it bounce off and this is not a reflection of me it's just the idea they didn't like or the concept or the pitch or things like that right um Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then when things get too stressful, also having the the confidence in yourself to get out of that situation to say, you know, maybe this agency is not right. I should go somewhere else, work for somebody that has more respect for me. You know, like align yourself
0: with a value system that you can function in, which yeah, is yeah. again what you are going to see in most workplaces. Right? Is you know being able to align yourself with the with the way they. The etiquette mm-hmm. with how they treat you and what the direction of what they want to get accomplished right, right. totally yeah.
2: i cool. think that's really important it's like understanding that the client doesn't want you to fail you know just not ha- like knowing that they want you to come up with the idea you know they're not waiting for you to have a horrible idea or they're not wanting to ruin your day they want it they want you to have something that's going to make them millions of dollars and famous um, so, just knowing that you're trying to get to that together, you know, is really important. Just not taking it personal and separating yourself from that, you know?
0: And exposing yourself to the potential of rejection to get to the idea, right? Yeah. It's so like you have to accept that. You can't, if you avoid, oh, they're going to hate that. Yeah. Because that might be the one they like, yes. right? Yeah.
1: You, you literally can't do this right. job unless you're okay with rejection. It's, you have to get like, very it happens comfortable with rejection. A hundred times a day.
2: Right?
1: Yeah. The yeah. the levels of when you see something on TV, like forty people have approved that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so many people have to say yes and you might get 20 yeses and then that 21st is a no and then you got to start over you know so there's no limit to when the no can come right. and you have to be okay with that
0: right yeah so the acceptance of rejection showing yourself some love and compassion for the rejection right? yes. as you commit towards things that matter so definitely there's a lot of act in this which is pretty cool and i had a which, feeling
1: which i like because right. um and and i think we spoke about this before because um, i had never thought about it like that when you when you think about advertising as a profession it's pretty trivial when you compare it to other things like you know lawyers that get people out of jail or doctors that save people's lives like that's that's not what we do We we sell things um but i guess on a personal level it, it is like uh um helping us uh grow you know and and kind of be i think you know the whole point of this episode is seeing how it works uh in your professional life and i guess it has been an extension into our personal life
0: absolutely you're there's an underlying theme of faith in process right and sometimes you know it could be towards a particular deadline, or a client, or to a significant other, or to a family member, or to a friend, or a colleague, is to have the faith that, if I continue to do the things that matter, that I'm gonna get closer to, that, to, to where I wanna be after the discomfort, <laughs> these yeah. uncomfortable potholes, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and knowing that sometimes you don't, all the time, you don't have the answer from the beginning, you know? It's mm-hmm. not a linear process and you just have to trust the process. Trust right. yourself that you can start, mm-hmm. you know, and then just start.
0: And, and to focus on the thinking that gets you there and, yes. to, and to detach yes. yourself from the problem thinking. Yeah. Of, right. Which is very important as well. Our work is done. Well, that's it for the episode of the Balancing Act podcast and our first inaugural show of the Act Professional series. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. It was definitely a lot of fun for me over here. Um, continue to please send requests of, for the professions you might want um, later episodes of Act Professional to be about. In about a month, I will be doing an Act and Films episode with Joe again, the, uh, the gentleman who helped me out with Star Wars. We're going to do it on uh, The Lion King, since there will be a re-release of like the live-action version of Lion King. The only reason why I got Joe to agree to do it was because Mufasa's voice is also Darth Vader's voice, so I kind of tricked him into it. Um, also, send us requests for films that you might want um, later episodes of Act and Film as well. Uh, you can send those requests to thebalancingactpodcast.gmail.com, at or, like I said earlier, our Instagram account, which is thebalancingactmiami. My hope is that somehow, some way, approaching the material in this way was both hope- helpful and entertaining for, uh, for you all because it was for me. Uh, please subscribe, please share. Thank you to Gabe. Thank you to Ellie. Thank you to Julio. Thank you to all the mad men and mad women out there. This is the Balancing Act Podcast. I am Danny. I am thankful. Take care.
1: And uh, I just want to add one thing because you said we were married in the beginning. So there's uh, there's just one piece of advice if anybody wants to go into advertising We have a pact. We don't work together. Uh. You don't want to come up with uh, ideas or or fight about what's the best idea at work, and then come home for Taco Tuesday. It's uh, Uh.
2: but we worked together for three years
1: in the same office. But I mean, like as a you know, when I mentioned the beginning as a copywriter, art director team. That's. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it happen, and it gets awkward.
0: It makes sense. Yeah. Well. And I think this is our first post-credit scene in the Balancing Act podcast, right? Shout out to Stan Lee. There you go, Stan Lee, rest in peace. All right, awesome. Thank you so much.